And as we are in Hebrews 11, verse 13, I'm starting off, we'll just go through uh, verse 16 to begin with, because I think there's some, a lot of discussion that we can have in there. So let's uh, start off. And he's talking about, if we go to verse 12, therefore from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These are all dead, in verse 13, in faith, not having received things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For the people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a, home, a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared them for a city. So, just starting out, when I first read this and uh, when I read through Hebrews and read through 13, it says these. Well, who are these? When they talk about these have all died. Everybody that they've just been mentioning. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's what I usually think. But if you go back, it talks about Sarah. <coughs> yeah, she died. Abraham, Noah, Abel. Who did I leave out? Enoch. Enoch. Well, let's go. Let's read about Enoch from what he said. And, and that's in verses uh, 5 and 6, uh, the complete uh, this, uh, description of it. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So, I, originally reading through this, had an issue with, is he talking about all those people before? Because, yes, I am, as some people say, um, I can be a stickler on, on fame. What's the word? starts with also numbered up. Pedantic. Yeah, I can be pedantic. And Enoch didn't die. So when it says, and I even looked up in the verse, it is does have in the Greek, it does have pause, which is all. And it has the word before that, and now I'm forgetting what it is, but that means these or this. So these all have died. Could it be is the author talking about the people before, mainly Abraham and Sarah, or is he starting a new section right now? Such as, these all have died, who I'm about to talk about. Because he goes back in and starts talking about Abraham. And he talks about the descendants, Isaac, and it goes into other ones that have believed of faith. So, 
potentially, I'm just throwing that out there, could he be starting a new section where he talks about almost like, hey, these all that I'm about to talk to or talk about died in faith. Does, am I off the boat or what do you think? I'm open for discussion. That's why. Well, then, are you saying that Abraham and Sarah and Noah did not die in faith? No. Because he talks about Abraham, uh, he, and, and then he goes into Isaac and all that, that he's talking about these all died in faith that I'm about to talk about. He's, I think he's switching the subject. Because I think he's pretty sh uh, clear that Enoch did not die in faith in five and six, or he didn't. They, he didn't die. So how is he saying that these all died? That's just that was something that I had to work through uh, because people could say, "Well, he's he's wrong." People who are going against the Bible could say, "Well, he's incorrect here." If, if if Enoch died, then he didn't die. Then what he said before is wrong. Is that, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm open. I'm, we don't have to come to a conclusion here. Just something to think about. Is he starting a new section of saying, these all who I'm about to talk about died? For me, that helps my mind, my pedantic mind, get past the fact that Enoch did not die. I would say that 13 through 16 is a summary of the preceding verses. Okay. Definitely an interesting. Uh, <clears throat> Again, that makes you think about it. Yeah, that that is one area where I've always been stuck on. If you're going past, so either way, that can be a deep area to jump into, but you don't need to. I just take it as he did not see the promise fulfilled. Mm -hmm. He was gone, so he was no longer on earth. He maybe didn't. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> but the fact that these are all people that lived in faith but didn't see mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. yeah. They've all left this earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or could he mean, going on that verse, that all these that died, that died, died in faith? That's one way I got around it before. Just something that, that I thought up in the late night last night when I was uh, <laughs> reviewing this. Go ahead. Well, also grammatically, um, the, since these is a pronoun referring the antecedents, I believe are you know Abel and Enoch and all that. Because if it was going to say these died in faith, like the ones that are coming up, there's in, I don't know what it would have been like in any other language, but in English it should have a colon in front of it, like these ones that are coming up died in faith. Right. And 
instead of a period. Cool. Good discussion. And made us think about it. Um, but it, it goes into they they'd seen it goes into having not received the things but having seen them and greeted them from afar. What does that mean? What, how does seeing them and greeted them from afar? What is that? Uh, what are we talking about? And having the knowledge that they were strangers, that goes into something <laughs> different. But having seen them and greeted them from afar, the promise. Vision? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, vision and dreams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's also possibly referring to their faith was strong enough that they truly believed they were happening. It was as if they could see them happening because they were so sure that God would fulfill his promises to them. Okay. Do we have this same thing? Because we're, let's bring this to now. What are the promises that we are looking for? Mm -hmm. Christ's return is the biggest one for us. Okay. <coughs> and we don't know if we're going to see that or not. Right? Or we don't know if we're going to see that physically or not. Because upon Christ's return, those of us who are believers, we are either going to see it physically or spiritually and physically. Right? We're going to be coming with him or we're going to be seeing him come. That's something to look forward to. What's something else? Maybe not just his return, but heaven and oh. yeah. <clears throat> and that we are saved, saved, and get to glorify God in heaven. I always look. I always think about in Revelation four. Have you read that and pictured yourself in? the throne room there when it shows everything that John sees that's something to look forward to I think well we have a description of it in the bible for us so because it's laid out there for us we can we can have some sort of picture of it in our minds yeah mm -hmm. and in a our picture might be so down here oh, yeah. from what it is. And just the excitement we have over that, that I believe goes along the lines of be, uh, seeing them and greeting them, greeting them as in wanting them to occur. Mm -hmm. right. Nevertheless, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Yeah. Um, can we be assured of these of promises, of these promises, and why? Yes, because God keeps His promises. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, we have those examples, right? Correct. What examples in your life? All right, we have these examples here. Oh, give me some examples in the Bible, <clears throat> and then give me some examples in your life. 
Abraham and Sarah both did see, they didn't see the generations, but they did see a son born to them when they were past the age of being able to normally bear children. Yes, the, 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 the son of promise. Yes. How about another? It's all throughout the Bible. I'm not just talking about uh, the wicked Bible. Israel coming out of Egypt, crossing of the Red Sea. God's covenant with Abraham. There you go. Uh, and uh, and we have David coming to uh, his becoming the king. He was promised that. We have Jesus promised in Genesis three fifteen accomplishing it in the gospel at his uh, crucifixion. Now, what about in your life? What are some promises and what are some blessings that you, you've received? to make a decision because we can't see any of the alternatives. Uh, a big one was um, we had a chance to potentially go to grad school together for, this is about, yeah, I don't know, eight ten, years ago now. Years ago. We potentially had the chance to go to grad school together in the same city. That was the whole reason we had um, signed up for that option out of the Army was so that we wouldn't deploy, we could start a family, all this other stuff. And then uh, I applied to four different schools, he applied to three, and they were all in the same cities, but it was like three different cities with combinations of schools that we could go to. And uh, every single school had said no to me except for one. And it was the last one. It was the last one, yeah. And he had to respond and say that he was going to school in that city before I had heard whether or not I was accepted. And once he responded, like that was it, it was done. And we, leading up to this opportunity, we trusted that God had given us that as a way to be together. Um, to start a family and there were a lot of things that pointed to that but we were also potentially incurring significant career risk by doing it and so um, he responded and said yep we'll go there and we just trusted that God would find a way for me to get there and that ended up being the only school that I was accepted to and it was perfect and that's why we have children now was because we had that period of time um, and that's one example but typically what we see is not not necessarily a, a specific promise that if you do this, this will happen in a specific way. It's more like we know that uh, God asks us to prioritize our marriage and our family over other things. Stuff will just fall out of the sky. Right. And it's like, it's almost like one of those, here's the, whatever your plan was, it's like, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. That was a, a phrase that our, our pastor in Virginia used to say. It's like God, you know, taking someone by the hand, being like, 
This this is what we're doing now. And, um, and the thing is, on this, I want to focus in on what you just said. The thing you stepped out in faith. You thought it was the way that the Lord was leading you. You were doing it together. You were praying about it, and you stepped out in faith. It just it just felt it and, felt correct. And, and and he made it come about. Right. So that increases your faith. It does. In what he is going to do. And we we see like decision points like that over and over again and we have to remind ourselves of things like this that have happened and we could never have anticipated this but out of that came the opportunity to share our faith with probably hundreds of 18 to 23 year olds that we interacted with along the way that are still part of our life and we've had several decisions like that and so like we have to consciously try to remind ourselves that um, you know God promises that if you seek him and you try to you know you try to follow his will that he will will he will bless that later on and and so with that with with the faith that because i'm building to something here how do we have assurance of our salvation faith and it's not blind faith because he has kept the promises in the past. We've seen it in the Bible, and we've seen it in our lives. I think one of the biggest proofs that can like testify to to someone's faith is the the sanctification and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That like hopefully over the passage of time like changes you, you know, to become more. Um, to become more in the image of, of Christ. You never get there, of course, but it's like you look like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years prior, and you're like, you, maybe like you meet people that like you went to high school with or something like that, and it's like, uh, like I, you're, you're reminded either they say it or you're reminded of it, and you're like, I, I'm nothing like the person they remember. Or, you know, it's um, those kind of, Things can be encouraging along the way, just to like reassure yourself that like um, that the spirit is within you. Mm-hmm. So, with that, with the promises that are that come, we can get stronger and stronger in our faith, and our faith is in what is to come. And it says, for people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And what is a homeland we're seeing? What? A new heaven and earth. Yeah. And uh, and because if they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunities to return. What is the land that we were in prior to this? Prior to being saved. I'm using land as in lifestyle. What? Yeah. So, if we were thinking of worldly things and of worldly treasures, we could always go back. Sin is always trying to pull you back in. Yes. And what did it say in in Genesis when talking to Cain? Sin is crouching at the door. Yes, sin is crouching at the door. If you give it an opportunity. So, 
our focus needs to be on the heavenly homeland, on where we want to be. And as we go along, as the Lord is helping us and spiritually supporting us and giving us strength, we are becoming clearer and clearer on how much that's coming as reality. Think about Abraham and Sarah. They were given this promise for so long of offspring. And then, just like you said, Isaac came along. Just think how they thought when he was born. Do you think they clung to him? Do you think they held on to him? This is the our son of promise. And that made their faith in Yahweh even stronger. He said this is going to happen, and it happened. With with Sarah, she had laughed the year uh, the year before, and a year later, she bears a son. Yahweh is God. I'm going to follow whatever He says, and each time He He makes a uh, keeps a promise in my life, I get stronger and stronger in my faith towards Him. Other great examples that are applicable to us today are tithing. The Bible tells us if you tithe that, you know, that blessings will be upon you. And that's true for us. Um, you know, not always, but generally speaking, you know, God always has provided for us. Mm -hmm. um, even, even when things were super, super tight, right? Um, or, or obeying his word or conforming to Christ when you see that you are or or you're trying to be more like Christ you can tell you can see God's work in your life so I, I think those are two really great examples that are applicable to us yes and, and yeah. it's also in the sanctification process all, all this yes and you look back you know in that you look at your life 10 years ago mm -hmm. I know you guys were just kids at that time, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, as you look back, and just like when you said, I just had my 40-year reunion this past year, and the guys who I was friends with back then, I actually didn't want to have anything to do with them mm -hmm. at, at the high school reunion. The people we hung out with uh, more were guys I really didn't have that much to do with in, in high school. And uh, and they're just, they weren't like the other guys. I didn't feel comfortable with them. And yeah, that was 40 years gone, but just think about going in and how much you have changed. And it's all blessings of God. It's not anything I did. Right. It's all to him and his blessings. And his that who else you can look back at is Moses when he first gets the call. He said, "Well, yes. can you just can, can can it be Aaron? Can he talk? I don't I don't speak well." Yeah. And then look at him years later; he's leading Israel. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not as well known, but Gideon did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, go ahead. <coughs> a few verses ahead, it says, "By faith, Joseph, when he died." made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. So 
obviously Joseph had been told by his father who had been told yeah. that um, they were eventually going to be moving out of Egypt and he gave um, commandments or instructions concerning his bones because yeah. he said when we get up out of here take them with you yeah. and so he was also looking towards something that he was not going to experience that he would know about yes and then on the final thing therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared them for a city and the question is is he ashamed to call me you us his children and if we are seeking him seeking his kingdom he won't be and he will be uh, he, yeah that's my son right there that's my daughter right there I am proud of that Thank we mess up yes we do and he chastens us and we should take that chastening to improve but then as our life shows that we are living for God. We are a shining star to other people. And he will be happy to say that we are his children. Looks like he wants us. Verse 39 and 40. All these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. <clears throat> Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. The tense here is really awkward. But it seems to say that they didn't receive what was promised to them because of us. Because of God was in his foreknowledge thinking of us. Those that have now believed in that are post-Christ leads me to think that what was promised it was that salvation through Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean I would I want to go all the way back to Genesis three fifteen and <clears throat> point straight back to that, but it's the you know it's really difficult you to find a the text really doesn't point directly back to that. Because the promises, as he talked about, <coughs> the promise of, I mean, he's very clearly talking about the promise of a city and a land. Um, the closest thing I can think of that might be a connection to 315 would be talking about Abel. Why is Abel inspired to offer a sacrifice that would require a little bit more context? Yeah. <coughs> Could it be? When he's talking about the land, and, and everybody knows about the name, is he talking about the Abrahamic covenant in the whole, where the last part of that is, through you all the nations will be blessed? Uh, Maybe. I'm not, I'm not going to push it, but it, if it could be, it could be something about that. Yeah. Did you but have one keeps, But he keeps saying promise. Yeah. The word promise is repeated throughout. Yeah. I mean, you, you 
take that back to all the way to Genesis 315 yes. is the, the first prophet. Yes. I just <clears throat> got a text from Susanna like 10 minutes ago. I ended up staying up all night with Deborah to make sure she's okay. She was restless and threw up, but this morning she's doing much better. Thank you so much for praying. She was finally able to nurse without throwing up this morning. Mm. 